Welcome to My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson, a journey into the deepest teachings of Torah and their application to our personal, emotional, and psychological lives. We continue our journey in the life-changing Sefer Tanya. This program is made possible by Rena Lights LLC and it's in honor and memory of Rabbi Yisav Alevi Weinberg Olav HaSholem, Rabbi Moshe Pinchas HaKoyen Katz Olav HaSholem, and Rabbi Yael HaKoyen Khan Olav HaSholem. It's also in schus and merit of Rabbi Zev Yecheskel HaKoyen and Risha Katz Le'erich Yomim V'Shanim Tevis for many long, healthy years. So we've begun chapter 15, Perek Tezvov of Tanya which continues the theme of the centerpiece, the central theme of Tanya, which is Sefer Shalbeni, the Benini. It began being discussed in chapter 12. The Benini is that paradox. On one hand, has a divine soul and an animal soul that are at war with each other. However, he also has self-mastery. That the animal soul even though it's active, cannot control his thought, speech, and action. The divine soul controls that. Unlike the tzaddik, who doesn't have the battle any longer, because he's transformed his animal soul into, into being an ally, and asset to the divine soul. And unlike the Russia, who not only has the battle, but unfortunately at times gives into it, and the animal soul does have an effect on his thought, speech, and action. As we learn till here. With that, the Alter Rebbe now enters into understanding the Benini more, and especially different levels of the Benini, because the Benini is that quintessential personality that each one of us is, inherently. Midas kolodom, v'acherer kolodom yumshech. It's our very personality, it's who you are, and therefore something that you can aspire to, which is self-control, self-mastery. You can't destroy your animal soul. You can work at it, you can control it, refrain, restrain to some extent, even at times, attempt to be like a tzaddik, like he explained in chapter 14. But you're essentially a benini. So understanding more of the psyche and of the personality of the benini, the anatomy of the benini, dissecting it is what we continue to do now in chapter 15. And with understanding this paradox of the benini, these two sides, he goes now back and speaks about the Beze Yuvan in chapter 15, the Malachi. That says, you will again see the distinction between the tzaddik and the Rasha, between the one who serves God and one who does not serve him, which seems to be a redundancy. Tzaddik and Rosh, it seems that Tzaddik serves God, that Rosh does not. But Alter Rebbe, in his brilliant way, will now explain this posik based on what we learned, that no, it's not redundant. We're talking about actually three different levels, Tzaddik, Rosh, then Avode, Veloy Avode is two levels in the Benini, as we shall now discuss. And this is understood from what we learned till now, what a, what a Benini is. So what does the Altar Rebbe say? 
It's not synonymous. There's a difference. And the difference, if you think about it, is so simple, you sometimes lose sight. Just read the words. It says, Eved does not mean Eved. It doesn't mean a servant. It means one who serves. He's in the process of serving, which is exactly the description of the Baini. This is the battle. The battle, the ongoing battle with the Yetzir Hara to overcome it and chase it away. From the small city, which is the body, which is the person. That the Yetzirah should not influence any of the body's limbs, meaning any control over the person himself. This truly requires a tremendous struggle and effort to constantly fight with it. So the emphasis is that it's an active process. You're in an active war. And that's why it's Lashon Heva, Oivid, not Evid, not a state of being, but a state of action, is because it's such a truth, such a big war, and you have to constantly fight it. Vahainu habenini. So when they say, Oivid, Oivid, when he says, Eved, Elikim, he's constantly fighting that battle. That's what refers to the Baini. That's not the Tzaddik. Avlat Tzaddik, because the Tzaddik is a very different state. Avlat Tzaddik, Nikre Eved Hashem. The Tzaddik is referred to by a noun, a description, Eved. Not Eved Hashem, Eved Hashem, a servant of God. That's from uh, Sefer Dvarim, Lama Dalet Hey, 34.5. And the Alter Rebbe explains, like we say, like we say the title, like a scholar, a king, or a king. This is a state of being. It's not an active state. This is, he's already become a scholar or a king. So the same thing, when you say that, that the tzaddik is Eved Hashem, kach zekfar Eved, same thing. Then when you say Eved Hashem, it means that this is where he is already. He's already become the state. V'gomar. L'gamri avedis Remember the tzaddik as we learned in chapter 10? He's already served and completely finished his labor of fighting with the evil in him. Ad ki to the extent that he's driven it away and it's gone from him. This is from Tehillim. Lamadalad Aleph 34.1. Like we learned that it's, it's not an active process. He's done the work and he's finished it. He's eliminated the Yetzirah. Ad, like he says, ki so in an active battle, you're, you're engaging with others. You can control the city, but you are engaging, like the Bainani. But the Tzadik, there's no engagement. It's finished. And furthermore, that just tells you that's a state of being. 
Because if he was still engaging, you can't say that his heart is empty within him. What do you mean that Yetzirah is still there? Once you say it's empty, it means it's finished. He's banished it from his consciousness, from his being. As explained in chapter 10. So therefore, that's why you call him Eved Hashem. Like the, like the Chacham or the Melech. So, in a very simple but also very profound way, the person, when you say Tzadik, does not mean Eved Alekim. Tzadik is Eved Havai, Eved Hashem. And a, and a Baini is a Eved Alekim because he's an active progress. It's an active old life, life, a lifetime war, actually. Why does he say Alekim and Havaya? So, the commentaries on Tanya explain. It also makes sense because Alekim, we know, is Gematria Teva, also refers to. Helam, because the Baini is engaged with the, 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 the concealment that the Nefesh Abamis creates. Whereas Havai is like Shemesh Shemogan, Hashem Alekim, so Shemesh, the sun, it's Gilui. So Tzadik is involved with the Havai part. But that's just the deal, the Alter Rebbe doesn't mention it explicitly. Later, from later, what we learn later, you could derive it from what he said later. I'm just looking. Yeah, yeah. We'll discuss this later as well. He talks more about the the details of this. Okay. So now that distinguishes and understands that tzaddik and the avid elikim are not the same thing. One is tzaddik, one is benedi. But we still have to understand, so what means loya vodai? And loya vodai we know is not the Russian, because it's not redundant. So he's going to explain now, can continue to explain, after we understand that Eved Lakim is not like the Tzaddik, let's talk about loya vodai, how that's not like the Russian. So the Alter Rebbe continues now. The Bainini, within the Bainini, there are also two levels. And that's the verse. Eved Alekim, One who serves God, and one who's called, one who does not serve Him. So now the Al-Tareb is going to add a new piece that we haven't learned till now. Because you could ask the question, what do you mean you don't serve Him? We just said a Bainini is a whole lifetime, he's fighting. So when he's not serving God. On the contrary, he's constantly serving and yet, in the Bainini itself, there's these two levels. And that's what the verse is referring to. So the next piece is going to elaborate and discuss this in detail. Okay. It's interesting, it says, Bainini yesh gamkein. So you could touch yesh gamkein, you could say that in what we just said, the Baini, that itself also breaks down into two. Or you could interpret Yesh Gamkin, because remember with the Tzaddik and the Rosha, in corresponding in the chapters, respective chapters 10 and 11, he said there's two levels in each one. So perhaps he's alluding to that Baini also has two levels. But that can be interpreted in different ways, because we also realize Baini has many more levels, as a Tzaddik does, as a Rosha does, as he explained in those chapters. But generally, two. But before he continues, 
he says, and either way, the two levels of the Baini, whether it's called someone who serves or someone who doesn't serve, Avafal Pikain ain't Russia. It's not the first phrase, part of the verse. Kiloi over of Shuma Veda Kala. Because when you're talking about a Baini, he never committed even a minor transgression in his life that we learned earlier. So both Surmara, he never did a sin, and also performed and fulfilled, observed every mitzvah that was possible for him to observe, as we learned. The Talmud Tater connected to Kulam, including the study of Tater, which is equal to them all, like we learned earlier. He does not allow his mouth to stop studying. Because remember, a person who does not learn Torah all the time, there's a sin called Bittl Torah, as he learned earlier, as we discussed earlier, which is something harsh, as he discussed in chapter one, and also later when he talked about Rabba. So even though we say Loyavodai, it's still not a Rosh. So then, what means Loyavodai? He doesn't serve. So he's going to explain what that means. So what could you call Le'avodai? You just said it's a person who does, does not do any, tra- no transgression, does every mitzvah possible. Le'posik pum does not allow his mouth to stop studying. So how is it possible to call this person a person who does not serve? Comes the Alter Rebbe is going to explain. Ella, why is he called Le'avodai? Why is there a level in a Beni Le'avodai? And there's a level, of course, of so here's how he explains it. Listen to this. It says like this. Ella, the reason he's called Le'avodei because she'ena eisa shumal chome imayetzer. Even though, in reality, he has total mastery over his thought, speech, and action. Remember, the animal soul is active, but he's not allowing it to control him. But he's not actively fighting his Yetzirah at all to overcome it. Like we learned earlier, how do you wage that Muhammad by making use of the godly light which shines on his divine soul within his brain, within his mind. Remember, mind. that The mind, the reflective mind, controls the impulsive heart, which comes with the nefeshalikis that radiates, as he explained in chapter 12, in chapter 13, the divine energy that radiates, that gives him that power. Kiniskali il as described above, which was in chapter 13. The question is why? What is this automatic? We know there's an Aveda necessary, the Yetzirah, the Nefesh Abamis is active. So the Altar continues. Because 
levatle miterosev avedose. Because in this case, this type of benini is a particular type. His Yetzirah doesn't challenge him at all to draw him away from his study or his worship. And there's no need for him to fight it at all. Why? How is that possible? So he gives Kigoyin, for example, Shahu Masmid, for example, a person whose inherent nature is to study constantly. Bushel is nature. He's wired that way. He's going further. Why is he that way? To so just explain, it could be he's that way because that's he's natural. Some people like to learn, like to study. But he's going even further. Due to an abundance of... Moroshcheda literally means black bile, but it means a type of temperament that we say associate more with a depressed temperament. Moroshcheda. Meshcheda means dark, and Mora is more like Mar from the, from, Mara from the word bile. But it's referring to somebody that has an element of a certain somber, somberness. Depression is a stronger word, atzvus, but he doesn't use atzvus, but essentially it's a person who's more not that outgoing, that, that, uh, not that exuberant. So therefore, his very nature gravitates toward learning. So it's not, so it's not, a, it's not a battle for him. It's not like he doesn't want to, he's, he's, a, he's a person who's out there doing all kinds of active stuff, and his Yetzirah doesn't let him learn. No, it's natural for him because of this reason. And we're talking about even from the Nefesh Abamis, obviously. It's Nefesh Abamis nature. So Nefesh Abamis goes along with it because why not? It's stimulating, it works for it. But it's not coming from an Avedah because there's no battle going on. And he continues, that's one example. V'chein. Ein loy mechomem metayvus noshim. Another, another as well, another person who does not have to wrestle with a desire for the opposite gender, women, taivus noshim, that desire, because he is he's passionless by nature. He's cold-hearted, he's cold-blooded. So he doesn't have that type of passionate side. Some people, so therefore he's not as hot-blooded and so driven and passionate and fiery about that. Not because he works on it, because that's his nature. And the Alter Rebbe continues, because he wants to show it's not just two examples. And likewise with other worldly pleasures. He naturally lacks a feeling of enjoyment. There are some people who just love life. They love to indulge in life. It has to be harnessed, has to be directed. But there are some people by nature, that's not their nature. They're just not indulgent people in that sense. So therefore, in a person like that, he could also technically be a Benini because the Yetzir is not affecting his, his thought, speech, and action to do something against Torah. And he's involved in learning all the time because that's his nature, like you just described. So it's not a Muhammad, but he's still a Benini. 
So we learned earlier that a bain needs to contemplate and make his mind active and do whatever he can to control his animal soul. A person like this does not need it as much because his yetzer is weaker, because by nature he's not as conducive to these things that he described in general, the pleasures of this world of the animal soul. So he does not need to meditate and contemplate too much on the greatness of God. The faculty of cognition, to produce a sense of, of uh, resonance, recognition, das, like he explained in chapter 3. And at the same time also, the reverence of God in his mind. To be careful not to transgress any of the prohibitions. So by him it's not as necessary. Because his nature is working for him in this context. And he talks about that's the that's the Yiddish side. And also So he also does not need that type of contemplation to reach a level of love of God in his heart, to connect to God, through observing the mitzvahs. So both again, Sur Maran he does not need that much Avedah. The the Talmud Tater connected Kulam, including the mitzvah of the study of Tater, which is equal to them all. He repeats that again. Because that is, is, is a prominent example for all of this. He's learning all the time, like we learned before, but it's coming from his nature. It doesn't coming from a battle. It's not coming from a particular deliberate or strong effort. Kol kach. doesn't mean there's no effort. But relatively speaking, as we'll learn with the other type of Benini, with far more effort. So as the all of all of this, what do we see here? That the effort is not so necessary. And that's all that's going to be hinted in Loya Vodai. So then what does compel him to learn Torah and, and keep mitzvahs? We understand his nature is one that is not as, like he said, he, he gravitates toward learning because his nature is more somber. It's his personality. He's not as passionate, doesn't indulge as much. But what, we still don't have an answer. Why then is he driven to Torah mitzvahs? So he continues and says, Elo, dailoi ba'ava musuteres, For him, what he needs, not, is not so much aveda, but he does have something going for him. He has no less than every other Jew the dormant love, the the concealed love, which is the nature of every Jew. So in addition to his nature of his Nefesh is being not so passionate, not so indulgent, more somber and therefore more gravitating toward learning, he also has the Ava Musateris, which is in every Jew's heart. Shabalev closed his soul, found the heart of all Israel. Shenikru Eveshmei who are called lovers of his name. Which is a natural description of a Jew. So, so we have now to sum up 
this is a person who is a Benini, but it doesn't take that much work because his Nefesh is his, his very personality is wired to gravitate and will stay away from the indulgences of this world, to gravitate toward learning. He also has, it's enough, the Ave Mishuteris. So to say there's no work at all, he said that's why he called Kach, not that much, but he has something, but he has also this love that's inside, that's enough. And therefore, for all of all these reasons, Therefore, this level of the Benini cannot be called in any way one who serves. Because in Tate, every word is bidik. You say someone who serves means really serves. To say he doesn't serve, you can't say. But in relative terms, it's called loyavodai compared to Eved Elikim, as we're going to learn. Because that natural love, that inherent love, was, brought, was not brought out by him, nor is in any way his achievement. Rather, it's an inheritance from Avisenu, from our patriarchs, to the whole of Israel. As will be discussed later in chapter 18 and 44. So you can't, you can't attribute it to his Aveda. And the other parts of him are also not his Aveda. It's how he's wired. What we discussed earlier. So as a result of all of that, you call him Le'i Avodai. And the reason being is because relative to real Aveda, full Aveda, that is the full battle and the full work as we're going to learn soon, it's called Lo'ya Now this is a tremendous concept when you think about it. Again, you see the Alter Rebbe's precision and also his standards. It's a tremendous standard. What he's looking for here, in other words, is dissecting and showing that a person could be a Bainini, Mamish. And we know how hard it is to be a Bainini. And yet, we have to acknowledge that for this person it's easier. And therefore there's less the element of Aveda. And then he adds, The same categorization of a Baini who does not serve God is also applicable to a person who doesn't have a natural disposition to study all the time, unlike the one we just described. But he not trained himself. We're talking about someone else is not wired that way, but he trained himself. He disciplined himself to study with extreme persistence, and became normal for him, a second nature. So he's speaking now another category. So here two dailoi ba'ava musuteras zu. For him, it also is sufficient. The hidden or dormant love is enough to maintain this position. So it's also layavadai. El imkain And that we'll discuss in the next year. He could go beyond his regulus. So now we're talking about it. It's almost like you can call it a cultural Jew, mechanical even. It's a benini. But it's not coming from Aveda because he's trained himself. 
So then the question is, what is Avedah? Because Avedah is going to be going beyond your nature, beyond your natural love for God, beyond your Teva and Regilis, your, your habit or your second nature, what has become your custom, your tradition. That's going to be called Avedah. We'll stop here. And we'll continue next week. Next week the class will be again Thursday night, 9.30 p.m. because of Sukkot, as well as the following week, Thursday, 9.30. Everyone have a Gemach Simateva, a good Gibench to Yar, a meaningful Yom Kippur that reaches the highest levels, Nefesh Ruach, Neshama, Chai, Yechideh, the five Tfilas, and all your brachas should be fulfilled. It should be a year of Teva, Nirva, Nigla, a year of Geula, Amitiz, Vashlema. Gemach Simateva. This has been My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Please join us again next week. Visit chasidasapplied.com for archived classes and more resources.